Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. So here on the MedTech Talent Lab, I'm your host, Mitch Robbins, joined as always by Adam Sapi. Um, a couple things. We are building a community called the MedTech Talent Lab. Go figure. Uh, you can uh, come in and basically build yourself a profile and have the opportunity to interact with colleagues from across the industry on all things talent related tips, tricks, strategies, whether it's on the hiring side or uh, as you're continuing to think through your own career journey. The whole purpose is to have an interactive community where uh, people can, can share and, and build together. Uh, we, we run this live session on Wednesdays, 11 o'clock Pacific, two o'clock Eastern. If you're in the community, you'll get a link to the show each and every week. If you can't make it live, you'll get access to the recording. Um, but we have these interactive shows where we take on a different talent topic each week. And then simultaneously to those two things, make sure to check out the uh, recordings with uh, my interviews from with leaders from the industry uh, on a regular basis. So today's topic is uh, pertinent to the time that we are running into uh, in the calendar, and that is the, uh, the soon fast approaching holidays and what does that mean for hiring, holiday hiring. And uh, before we get into the topic, let's welcome Adam to the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, doing great. Doing great. How are you doing? Good, man. We've been at this for a while together. So uh, thank you, as always, for being here. Uh, we've got a few guests in the room. One of them I'm going to introduce in a little bit because I think that there's a, a few things uh, you should know about him and how he might be able to help either you or somebody you know. Um, in the near future, but let's let's get into this topic: holiday hiring. You know, Adam, you and I were cut from the same cloth in the sense that we were trained in the same, we, by the same people in the same manner. And uh, and there's a few strategies and tips that we want to share about what you should be thinking about as you look at your hiring plans going into next year, and uh, and even more soon, um, right before Thanksgiving, in through uh, the end of December, but. Adam, what do you think, if, if I were to ask you and put you on the spot, what do you think is the biggest mistake that organizations make when it comes to this time of year when they're looking at their hiring plans? Yeah, so every year we see this where, the, you know, the, the headcount, the requisitions are getting even more scrutiny than throughout the other part of the year. And and sometimes they'll repurpose it. Sometimes they'll hold, you know, put it on free, uh, freeze it until January 1st, um, thinking that now is not a good time to, either interview and or onboard somebody. And and yeah, like you had mentioned, you and I are cut from the same cloth. I think there's a ton of reasons why as a hiring manager now is a great time uh, to hire and onboard somebody. And then from a candidate perspective, now's a great time to be interviewing. You know, everyone wants the new year, new you. Well, we're reverse engineering into that. Today's November 11th, that's happening right now. You know, the folks we've helped hire uh, in the last week or so, are starting November 28th, December 5th, stuff like that. So if your interview process is two, three, four weeks and you're turning in a notice, it's go time, like literally right now. I'm glad that's what I was hoping that's where you would go. So I would say that is the number one mistake is 
is basically letting your foot off the gas when in actuality, our, our recommendation and our professional opinion based on what we've seen all these years is that you should be stepping on the pedal as Double hard down. as you can right now. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> to Adam's point, if you, wanna, if you want somebody onboarded and ready to work after the first of the year and you haven't necessarily started uh, recruiting, you're well behind the eight ball. Yeah. So let's lay this out. By the time you put together your sourcing plan, you get to the market with it. You start to narrow down your candidate list. You get them through your interview panels. You negotiate their offers. You negotiate start dates. You get through the holidays now. You can yep. see how the weeks start to disappear really fast. Yep. You know, in our business here at the Anthony Michael Group, we help companies across MedTech, um, primarily on the technical side of recruiting. So regulatory, quality, clinical, we do a variety of stuff in a commercial aspect related to market access. But our, we strive super, super hard to present can, two candidates within 10 business days. But even if we can run at that rate, today, as we record this, let's say we, uh, that's two weeks out, that's the initial interview. By the okay. time we source candidates and, and present them, and that's cruising. And that's Thanksgiving, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so. Um, what I would say is that those who want in the first quarter to bring on talented individuals, you absolutely will have a leg up if you are serious about it now. And so today in this show, we're going to talk to you about ways that you can navigate the holiday period um, and still keep your interview process going. Because I would say one of the number one pushbacks that companies have is it's too hard to get everybody together to make decisions. This one took an extra vacation. That one is out for an extended Thanksgiving, and we're just going to have to wait till after the first of the year. And they almost give up. Instead of saying, hold on a minute, Sally's in the office. Let's at least get Sally's interview done and keep some momentum with the candidate. Ron is in the Cayman Islands, but Ron probably could get on Wi-Fi for an hour and Zoom with that person and get that done. And then let's get one call together up with the company uh, uh, leadership team who needs to make this decision and figure out the offer. Yep. And so I think it, I don't want to say it's necessarily lazy. I think it's just not necessarily pushing yourself to think outside of the box because it's easier not to. Yeah. What do you say, Adam? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think part of it too, you know, people are, are winding down too. So it's that human nature, like, oh, I, I am winding down. I'm tired. I don't want to have to hustle and do all this stuff too. So I think part of it's human nature and part of it is just historical, you know, you know, historically, that's kind of how things have gotten done. So thing, we, we, people do take their foot off the gas this time of year. Um, and so it's like, well, we've never really hired anyone. I argue to or push back to hiring managers, arguably January 1st or maybe March 31st. Those are the two ideal March 31st being the end of the fiscal year. Usually those are the most two ideal times to bring somebody on. Like, hey, you have a fresh start. You know what the full year is going to look like. You can discuss top priorities and you know, kind of roadmap the first 90 days, six months, year. Um, and I think that's a really, really uh, ideal time to bring somebody onto the team if, if possible. <clears throat> the other thing to consider, especially in our world in MedTech, is bonus time in the spring, right? right? Let's say that you put your hiring plans on, on hold or you kind of half-ass it, so to speak, throughout the rest of this year. Come January, now you're butting up into March, April timeframe where Which people are getting their gets... bonuses. Right now, instead of being able to um, to use the card of, hey, you know, we'll offset the difference you're going to lose. Now it's like, well, I'd be a fool not to wait. I'm so close. Yeah. Yep. You know, call me back next month and maybe I'll start in May or June. Yeah. And now you're you're really hindering your own organization because you delayed the time that you got started. 
right? Yeah. So that's something else to really uh, consider. We've got a, a veteran leader on the phone from the industry, from in the session, uh, Jim Tillman. He's an executive, especially in the regulatory and quality area. Jim, I'd like to ask your opinion if I could. Sure, of you know, what's your experience as far as hiring through the holidays? And are have you been, it's okay if you have, but have you been primarily in the camp with organizations where at some point things do kind of come to a halt? Or have you been in a situation where you guys really do push forward through the holidays? I've always been in a situation where I push forward. You know, typically the hiring that I have done has really been to address critical need. And, uh, you know, I push hard to make those kinds of things happen. Uh, especially now where we're largely virtual and able to do these kinds of calls where everybody's online, um, there's really no reason to delay. Um, the, these, these, these open roles are typically um, needed so that we can bring people in to help solve a, a problem or, or, or achieve an objective. Why would we wait? So, nice. yeah, I'm, I'm an advocate for, for really making those kinds of decisions and making those kinds of things happen. I think, too, one myth that, that I think hiring managers or teams have is the supply and demand. Hey, everyone, you know, everyone has a New Year's resolution of getting a new job. That's always number one or number two every year with with getting fit or, you know, losing weight. Yes. So a lot of, you know, the, the hiring manager, the logic is, well, there'll be a lot of viable candidates, you know, first week of January. Yeah. But there's also everyone else, you know, sandbags their requisitions. So there's there are a lot more opportunities for them, too. So I don't think the ratio uh, plays into your favor by waiting. I mean, now there's some really good candidates that are available and fewer opportunities. Where, whereas you fast forward to January 15th, there are more people looking for a job and there are a heck of a lot more jobs for them to choose from too. Right. Abs uh, yes, absolutely. And, and it sounds cliche because we've heard it so many times and we've it probably sounds cliche to me because I've said it so many times. I've said this for over 14 years at this point, but it's the truth. There is less competition now than there's going to yeah. be after January 1st on both the candidate side, as far as those who are cons considering making a change now um, or after January 1st and on the hiring side. Um, that's the other thing that we should probably consider right now, too, is not just the hiring people, but why candidates who are thinking about making a move should actually consider the holiday season as the best time between now and the first quarter to to get going in that process as well. One huge perk I see is is the you know the onboarding piece is you know it's kind of laid back and then you do get to meet your colleagues and and boss and everyone else in that holiday setting. You know maybe it's a holiday party, maybe it's virtual, maybe it's in person. Um, it's a really cool time to to join a team. You get you get to learn and get to know people a lot of times in a in a more relaxed environment and you get to you know versus People that have started in February, I, we talk to people all the time. They're like, yeah, I've worked with this team for almost a year now. I've literally never met anyone in person. <laughs> you know, it's been Zoom meeting into the next thing. We, I don't even know if they have kids. I don't know if they enjoy, you know, pickleball, whatever the thing is. So, you know, joining during the holidays is a really fun time uh, and a great time to get to know the people you're going to be working with. So funny you said pickleball because all I keep talking about lately is pickleball. I see it everywhere and I really want to try it out and I it's just a, keep seeing it it's everywhere. It's taking over. It's taking yeah. over, yeah. <clears throat> um, I would say outside of the competition thing, I would say that is probably the number two um, concept is that it's easier to onboard somebody through the holidays than yeah. when all of a sudden everybody's priorities kick in after January 1st again and it's go time. Um, because it is more relaxed. And I think it's an opportunity yeah. to build the the things that you really can't um, 
you can't put uh, it's not quantitative right it's for the culture piece right. and and the camaraderie piece and getting onboarded into a relaxed environment a little bit more when everybody is starting to slow down so absolutely i would also say that if you start interviewing now and you want a job in january like okay like we're already up almost butting up to to the deadline for that too um so those are some of the major things now what are about the tactical piece what they're like okay fine you know if we can afford to it and we can get our team together i see your point as far as the the um how it's better for us to keep going through the holidays how do we do this well i'll start this piece of the conversation one thing that you should do now is you should start to be proactive and understand what are the hiring team's calendars like. Yeah. Right. What are the plans over the holidays? Who's going where? When are they leaving? What's going on so that you can be proactive and say, okay, if we found a candidate in the next three days, what does our hiring panel look like? And how do, what does the availability look like? If yeah. we found a candidate in two weeks, how does that change? And I would get buy-in from the hiring panel that's saying, if we find the candidate in two weeks, can you do X as far as your yeah. responsibility of the hiring so that it's not, uh, or excuse me, of the interviewing so that it's not, oh my gosh, we got a candidate. Well, we're, we got a schedule with the director of engineering and this, and let me, I don't know if I could track them down because they're already yep. out. Yep. You've already put that plan in place. What do you think about that piece? I think it's a great idea. Get, to, get those contingency plans. Hey, plan A is we have somebody by Monday. Here's who's here, here's our panel. If we have somebody the week of Thanksgiving, then who, who does that panel? Maybe it tweaks a little bit. Do we have talent acquisition? Do we have IT support? Because if this is a remote position, they're going to need the tech stack. We're going to have to ship a, a laptop. Another advantage of supply and demand, if everyone gets hired in January, guess what? Those microchips, are, which are already in high demand, become even in worse demand. And you're going into an onboarding class with 30 people rather than four people. And you're, you know, there's a, there's a lot of logistical things there too. So yeah, I think it's a great strategy to plan that out. Hey, who's with me? Who can help us? hire interview and hire and onboard somebody and then make sure that's and and then hold, hold each other accountable once like you said up to you obtain buy-in from them and for those recruiters and talent acquisition folks who are listening to this back and thinking Ugh, i'm not going to get buy-in from our leadership team i i already know this myself and yes we should be recruiting but our leaders are not going to want to do this well i would i would push back on you and say well isn't that your responsibility isn't that like why are you being paid as a talent acquisition leader uh, one of the reasons is is the viability of your recruitment strategy, right? And the success of your overarching organization. So therefore, the onus is on you to push back and explain the value of having your leaders uh, stay committed and stay involved through this. It doesn't mean that they're taking all their vacation time away from hiring, but maybe an hour right. here, maybe a half hour here for the greater good of what's to come in the first quarter. Yep. If you're an executive listening to this now, and you're getting pushed back. Oh, you know, Jim is on. Well, again, where's the value and what what's the priority and what does your culture stand for as far as uh, this piece? Um, the other thing I want to make mention of before I forget is I would double down on content right now, too. I would double down on creating your talent pipeline. So even if you're not in a position yeah. to actually capitalize and make an offer before the end of the year, you're building your talent pipelines through brand awareness. Brand awareness means your the personal awareness. What stories can you tell online? What's coming up in the organization that you guys are excited about? How can you leverage video? How can you leverage storytelling in your text posts on LinkedIn and get as much engagement as you can to build that awareness 
you could even start to build curiosity. Let's just say that you you know you're going to have a couple wrecks coming open, but you can't open them until after January 1st for whatever reason. Maybe that is the turn of the fiscal year. How can you build curiosity? Hey, big things coming. Stay tuned. Yep. Uh, you know, you're not going to believe what we're doing in regulatory affairs in 2023 and build that curiosity. The people yep. are like chomping at the bit to want to know so that when the time does come to release this, you've already started to build that interest. Yeah. Product launches. We have three huge product product launches in 2023. More to come. Hey, we're 100 days out from X, Y and Z. We're, we're submitting our first 510K. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a cool thing uh, for sure. Build that. Um, I, one thing too that I was just thinking about, I've always, I've always kind of wondered about the quality. Um, you know, let's say January. If I'm a hiring manager and I'm interviewing six candidates, do I go, are these are these folks really actively not active, but are they really serious about looking, or do they feel almost like, hey, it's it's we have to play the part because you know it's January, New Year, New You. I should be interviewing for a new job. Everyone else is. Um, versus right now, you know, in the next 45 days, if somebody's interviewing, they're probably a very serious candidate. And then on the flip side, if you're a candidate and you see all these jobs in January, do you wonder? Are they just new, newly created roles or are they things like right now that they're just putting on hold, putting a bandaid together? And then when you interview 90 days in, they're like, hey, we're already spread too thin. Everyone's freaking out or or we already figured it out and we can we can do it. We can do without this role. So maybe it, it, it you know, it's not an urgent and critical need. Um, so I think the quality piece uh, is there as well. There, there's reasons to, to move quickly on either side versus wait, you know, until January. That's an interesting uh, perspective. I never, I didn't think of it that way, but that makes sense. Um, it really does. Jim, from a from the corporate side, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Either, you know, um, as you look at it from you know your personal vantage point of a professional and a candidate yourself, or from a hiring side through the holidays. Well, you know, again, uh, we hire because we've got a critical need. Um, you know, the organization. Um, has identified a gap uh, for whatever the reason. And, uh, you know, it really needs to be an all hands on deck effort to, uh, to, uh, to fill those roles. If you've got good candidates in the pipeline, they're not going to stay forever. Um, you know, there's a demand in the marketplace for good people. So, uh, you know, you strike while the iron is hot. You really do need to have your team dialed in. Um, you know, if somebody's going to be unavailable, you know, I would operate with, you know, who's up next um, so that yeah. we can keep the viable candidates viable in the pipeline and uh, and bring those things to closure. I mean, it's just like managing any other, um, you know, uh, process within your organization. It has to be managed. It has to be managed with urgency um, because otherwise you won't be successful. So, you know, you really need to treat it just like you would treat a manufacturing line from that perspective. Yeah, and that's a really good point as far as, well, who's up next as far as the decision-making. That's the other piece when you talk about contingency plans. Who has the authority to be able to sign off on on the offer and what amount? If Jay is out and and, and Jay you know, has the signing authority, sign-off authority, who can he delegate that to up to a certain threshold money-wise, right? So that you're yeah. not caught in a pinch and you could still get things done. And all of this can be handled up front now. Now is the time yeah. to have these conversations, the what ifs. Okay, what if we do get a candidate and we need to move fast because we're competing or because we don't want to lose them through the holidays? The more offers you can make before the holidays, the more people are going to go into their holiday parties with their friends and family, telling them about 
their new job and how excited they are to join yep. this new team versus the amount of people that are going to go into these holiday parties saying, I'm interviewing for a new job. And then the families can say, are you sure you want to do that? What type of, have you thought this through? And start walking people back from what they were excited about. It's just human nature. We've seen it happen way too many times. Yep. Way better go off going in with, um, with hooks in the people that you want to hire versus, you know, um, kind of, what's the other analogy I'm looking for? Basically the, you know, hanging by a thread, I think we've got something going here, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about agility, right? You know, you, you want to be able to move fast. If you find the right person, um, you, you want to be able to, to, uh, to, to move forward. And uh, to do that, you should be prepared. You should have your team lined up. You should know what you are looking for. And you, you should have a process for uh, meeting with them, evaluating and coming to a decision, yay or nay, um, and then delivering the offer. So um, it's really important to, to have that lined up and to have that thought through. 100%. <clears throat> Good stuff, guys. Well, I'm, I think I'm going to wrap our conversation now. But uh, Jim, I want to give you the, the floor for a minute and just say that I've known you for, for quite some time. Um, you have a... Uh, amazing depth of experience across regulatory and quality. You, you've led a variety of regulatory and quality um, uh, organizations from uh, major Fortune 500 companies to major RAQA consulting firms. You've got a wealth of experience to offer. And I know that you just so happen to be in between kind of looking for your next gig. Okay. Anything that you'd like to share as far as what you're interested in and maybe perhaps from an RAQA perspective, the value that you might be able to offer an organization? Sure. Well, Thank you, Mitch, Adam, uh, you know, for the opportunity to just take a take a moment. Um, right. Uh, you know, I have um, spent a lot of time in um, my career over the last 15, 20 years solving complex problems. Uh, sometimes they are, gosh, we've got uh, uh, to achieve a certification by such and such a date or we're not going to be able to sell product in wherever Europe, Japan, et cetera, or um, you know, we just were visited by FDA and there's a laundry list of things that they found that we need to fix. And, uh, you know, we need to fix them in a hurry before um, they come back and, and uh, you know, it becomes uh, something that's going to inhibit us from from actually being successful selling product. Um, so I, I come in in those kinds of situations um, with a uh, with, with a bag full of tools that are, um, you know, capable of solving those kinds of complex problems and doing so in, in a fairly straightforward manner. So um, those are ideal situations. Any firm that is uh, looking to grow and, uh, you know, achieve those kinds of uh, certifications or, um, you know, trying to solve complex problems, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that uh, that I, I really feel that I'm well suited for and have uh, quite a bit of experience. Awesome. So. Well, if it's good with you, uh, Jim, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Oh, um, awesome. you're, you're James Tillman on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, for those listening, you can check out um, Jim there and we'll put a link for easy access in the show notes. But guys, thank you for the contributions today. We will be back with another show, 11 o'clock uh, Pacific two o'clock Eastern next Wednesday. And then I've got a variety of um, shows that I've, the interviews that I've done with leaders from the industry in the queue to be released uh, in the coming days. So thanks guys. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. 
For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.